skies over Baghdad have been illuminated. We're seeing bright flashes going off all over the sky. And it is 2100 Eastern Time here in the Green Dragon Tavern. And you know what that means. Sons of Liberty Live is convening. That's right. The virtual Green Dragon Tavern where we're going to get together, talk a little bit of treason, talk a little bit of shit, have a damn good time in the process and drink some mighty fine alcohol. It is very good to be back with all of you. Uh, last week, I was down in Florida teaching the radio telephone operator, advanced radio telephone operator, and signals intelligence course. And I have a very good feeling that at least a few of the Bubba's who were in class down there are going to be at least listening in on this live stream. They might even call in. Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe. And let me say, let me just say right off of the bat, a lot of great learning happened in that class. I mean, one, it, without a doubt, as far as the uh, the students go as, as a group, man, you guys set the bar so doggone high. Um, it, it's really amazing. And I've had some incredible classes. I've had some incredibly well-qualified groups that have come through. But you guys in Florida, man, it was like you just knocked everything out of the park. It was like you already knew all the stuff there was to know. Um, and and it, it was like, bam, you know, check the box here, check the box there. And, and it was awesome. But, but I will also say without a doubt, you guys were the drinkingest crew I have ever had in a class. I don't know how many fifths of liquor that the class collectively went through, but we had a pile. We literally had a pile of liquor, uh, empty liquor bottles that were just kind of stacked up, man. And they, they were over there. So without further ado, had to give a shout out to that class, burning it down, work hard, play hard, knocking it out of the park in both respects. And, I am here with all of you savages to burn it down tonight. And I'm joined by Patriot Man. What's up, brother? What's up, man? I'll tell you, that's a hell of an intro for that class because I know the nights that we have had with some of the classes. And if you're saying this is the the the, the biggest, I oh damn. by far. Good by God. far. I mean, it, it was it was a big class anyway. There was a lot of people. Um but no, I, I would say probably north of 15 fifths of liquor <laughs> of various kinds. Um, maybe more than that. Uh, and, and there were a few half gallons floating around too. Yep. So damn son. I'm yes, sorry. Sir. I missed it. <laughs> I am too, man. I am too. 
I'll be down there a few weeks, so it'll be it'll be good. Yeah, you coming down for the scout course? Yes, sir. It's gonna be cold. It's gonna gonna be be like here here tomorrow. Yeah, it's gonna be like the first scout class I took with you, because that was also in February when it was. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, that was that was that was when we had uh that those uh that three inches of rain came through. Yeah, yeah, and I got chill blends in my feet for like three months. Yeah. Oh, that was that was good shit right there. That yeah, was good shit. Yeah. Yeah, that's some of that that's some of that infantry life. We were talking about that uh, uh off air when uh I was uh, I was doing an interview with Clay Martin. We were talking about that like uh I brought that class up and and he was just like, "Man, honestly, I would have canceled it cuz yeah. <laughs> not into sucking like that anymore these days, you know? Like Hey, I, I learned what gear worked and what didn't. It's a lot of things that changed after that class. Yeah, dude. Yeah, it's, it's good for that. It's good for that. We got Madman Actual in the house. Well, hello there. Well, hello. <laughs> uh, hold on. Let me, let, me, let, me, let me steal Johnny Paratrooper's thunder. Oh, 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 he's, he's in. He's you in. Oh, there he is. Son of a bitch. I hey, can't you know what? That's what you get for Rick rolling in, bastard. Got him. Got him. Uh, no, what's what's new in the life? Uh, Nothing, just working. And uh, yeah, same old shit, man. Ooh. Busting our damn asses. That's what we do. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm guessing you're drinking, uh, if you really want to steal Johnny Paratrooper's Thunder, and I highly recommend that you do, just to throw him off his game, right? Tell me you were drinking a Guinness Baltimore Blonde. Ah, uh, you know, I'm not. It's a big truck half cab. Ah, oh, that's a good one, too, though. That is tasty. He brought a bunch of those down, man. That brown Mm -hmm. ale is killer, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I haven't had a bad beer from Big Truck. They're all tasty. Even even the IPA, man. I'm not a big IPA guy, but that was... Yeah, me neither. Theirs was good. Like, it was was tolerable. Nice. They only bottle a few of them. They They only bottle, like, five of them or six of them. But they got, like, 15 of them. I unfortunately yeah, have nothing right now because I'm doing, as if anyone saw, I'm doing the diet thing going on right now. And, Boo. Uh, yeah, but hey, I'm already Boo. down 13 pounds in 10 days, so you know. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah it's basically like a crash diet. Um, think of keto, except um, I can't have fat as well. And, um, That's what? terrible. No, it's, Why would it's, you do that to yourself? It's not so. Oh, I, I got to lose some weight, bro. <laughs> I gotta lose some weight. Uh, I may not look at when you look at me. Like I don't look like you know I'm overflowing in all the places, but I need to cut some weight. So this is like a six to, ideally probably not six weeks, probably like a twelve week thing. Um, but it has some built in like um, kind of refeeds. So some regular meals, and then when I get down to a second category, five hour carb refeeds and. Yeah, Darren, a lot, a lot of water weight was that dirt. So, okay, you're like cycling that's a, food. That's a wrestling diet, man. That's that's, that's some shit yeah. that I did when I was wrestling, man. Yeah, it's it's something oh. similar to that. Yeah, 
But uh, it's actually not... It hasn't been that bad. Because I can have all the green veg that I want. So, like, I, I eat, like, a pound and a half of vegetables a day. I swear that's what it feels <laughs> like. But, um... Ew. Yeah, it's good, though. That's Ew. awesome. I'm about to lose some weight from my wallet. You guys want to hear something funny? Yeah, let's hear it. Let's okay. hear it. According to the state of Pennsylvania... I was driving on the Pennsylvania Turnpike for 49 hours straight, and I owe them $200. <laughs> That's oh. fuckers, dude. <laughs> they got me good. They got me good. I'm going to call them tomorrow. Oh, it's the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, by the way. So if it says state, that's a total scam. Oh, yeah. You know, you know, how, you know how it's a Commonwealth? Because they go Commonwealth that money right out of your pocket. Yes, sir. Yeah, they In do. Their man. pocket. Virginia is the same yeah. way. I will email. Yeah. I'm gonna mail it direct to Rachel Levine. <laughs> Dicky, Admiral you to you, motherfucker. Oh, <laughs> that's right. He, she is an admiral. <laughs> Maybe I'll call Millie. I'll be like, "Yo, holla at your girl." <laughs> oh. <laughs> Oh, he's a general also, or an admiral. Or Isn't that the same thing? Something with stars, I don't know. Whatever, fucking flag officer. They're all the same, right? I guess. Pretty much. Don't mind me, I'm drinking Diplomatico. Yes. I'm rocking the extra stout today, gentlemen. Mm. And it is creamy mm. and delicious, and I mm. should drink this more often. That's what she said. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they like the extra stout, creamy and delicious. Mm. Likes to likes to cuddle, slightly furry. It, it's not the biggest oh, yeah. bottle I've ever had, but you know, it, it's good. Oh, okay, it's not the biggest. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, not the biggest bottle I've ever had, but you know, it hits all the right spots. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, boys, it's gonna be a riot tonight. We're lacking adult uh, supervision, so I was gonna say I might have to switch to liquor if this is how it starts. Uh, well, you know, I don't There's know, man. You could do. It's it is not the worst thing you could do. It's not worse the worst thing you could do. We've got we've got uh, uh dirt nasties already in the comments section burning it down, talking about mixing pills and booze. Uh, <laughs> man. <laughs> Tony, I don't know what you've got to do tomorrow, but it might not be much. Uh, so <laughs> he's not doing much. I no. got to work. Yeah, right. Yeah, I got to split wood, man. I got to get caught up on the wood splitting game. I'm, I'm uh, little, little, little uh, diminished. Yeah, wood. I've only got probably four cords sitting there still. It needs to. I uh, need to get caught up. Need to get you caught up. Burning stove. Yeah, I've so I've got a, I've got two wood stoves. I've got one in the outbuilding, and I've got one in here in the house that heats the entire house. And um, no, I've they, got they heat gas backup. And um, this one, so I've got a, a really big stone fireplace, and it. You know, once it gets going, I mean, you can't you can't be in the living room with it because it'll it it'll run you out hot. of there. But it, yeah, yeah, 
and it's really efficient too. Um, you know, I can, I can fill it full of wood a few times a day and, uh, it is in the house, but I can fill it full of wood a few times a day and it, it heats the entire house. Man. It's, it's a good way to live. Yeah. I'm still on uh city slicker heat. Oh, steam power that sucks. <laughs> Electricity. <laughs> city of Paris. <laughs> yeah. See, no, no, I mean, I'm dead serious. Like they have in in um That's in true. some of the, the cities in western North Carolina, like Asheville and Boone and, and West Jefferson, they actually have steam plants where they heat houses with steam. Yeah. Oh, in, they heat the they heat the roads in some areas too, so they don't have to like put salt down and stuff. The steam yeah. pipes under the roads actually keep the roads drivable year round. Yeah, which yeah, is I know they built cool. his house like that, man. He's got uh, geothermal heat that's that's in the concrete foundation, so it, it's kind of weird. Like in the winter time when you'd go in his basement, like if if you're walking with no shoes on or anything, the floor is hot. It's it's kind of crazy, and those pipes just constantly are circulating hot water. That's genius. That's awesome. Yeah, it'd be a pain in the ass if the if the pipes ever broke. Dude. Yeah, trying to service them. Like if something like happened. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Scout, have you tried um to control the amount of wood that you burn? Um, I learned this in Wyoming. It's actually kind of a myth that you need to break your logs into like the like the six pieces or so. Like if you split them in half, you it actually burns like they smoother longer. and yeah. they last longer. Nah, yeah, so it's I have much more have efficient. My, yeah, yeah. I, I have my starter pile and then I have my sustainment pile. And when you are stacking wood, you have your starter wood and then you have your sustainment wood. And yeah, you know, those those are larger pieces. The whole reason that people split wood into small denominations is manageability. It's, it's so you're not breaking your back carrying it. Yeah. Yeah. Th yeah. There's some truth to that. The, um, so what I learned actually uh, in Wyoming, if you actually cut your logs, um, obviously you need to let them um, cure. You know, it take, that takes a couple yeah. of years. Of course, in Wyoming, it takes about five minutes for them to dry out. But the, right. uh, the, the, if you cut the log to like shorter, just a little bit shorter than the actual fireplace and you put the whole log in there, really, I mean, obviously it can be too big, but um, you toss it in there and you only need to throw one in there every like five or six hours. And yeah. it, it does a fucking hell of a better job throwing heat into the room. It, it, it man, it works incredibly well. Like there's, there's the holiday fireplace that looks nice and snap crackles and pops just right. Um, but then like there's throwing the whole log on there and it just works much better. Like it, it radiates heat much better. It burns longer. It's uh, it's definitely, there's definitely a science behind that. Yeah. Oh yeah, man. Like um, I think it's called a Norwegian fire or a Norwegian torch. Or maybe a Swedish torch. I, I don't know. I'm not on the up and up on all the bush, you know, the bushcraft shit these days. But um, it where basically where like you you split a log twice, like a really large diameter, like a, a um, 
you know, like a, a ridgepole pine or aspen pine, like whatever they have in the, the high tundra up there. And you split it twice and you build a fire like in, in the middle of it with, with some kindling and just let it burn. And it'll sit there and burn like, cause you, you don't completely split it either. It, it's like, it just has breaks in the wood. Like if right. kind of like if um, you've got some real sappy uh, oak or something and you're hitting it with a split mall and it like right. it, it has a little split in it, but it, it's, you know, it's, it's not quite split in half yet. So they do that and they'll put um, kindling down the middle of it and mm-hmm. light their fire like that. And it'll just sit and burn from the center of the log outward. And that's that's something that like. I don't know. I started seeing it with the bushcraft community. I think it was, um, and maybe it was Morris Kachansky. I don't know. It, it was one of those dudes though from up there. Maybe it's Les Stroud. I don't know. But they they were doing it, and um, it's either called. You have to look it up, man. It's either called a Norwegian torch or a Swedish torch or Scandinavian torch, man. I don't know. It's it's one I know, of those kind of there. I know what you're talking about, and. I actually think I've seen a dude on YouTube like you can put a uh, like a frying pan on it too, and yeah, you got you oh, got to yeah. keep moving the heat, obviously, because camping, cooking on a camping fire is pretty hard. But um, oh, well, no, there's no, a learning no, process. No, no, no. Behind it, it. it ain't that hard. You just don't you can burn to. your food easily if you're not paying attention. Yeah, um, you just but you, uh, what you got to do is get a good bed of coals going, and then then you're good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's a better way of describing it. Yeah, not hard and difficult, but hard in that like you can't turn your back on it like a gas stove or an electric stove. Oh like, no, you really got to be paying attention to what's going on yeah. in front of you. Um, yeah, when you're cooking, you're cooking. Like, don't take your eyes off of it. Um, right. And uh, and that's something I learned in Wyoming. Um, and then and then you'll learn it too. You'll learn your griddle because you can see what's cooking how. Um, so yeah. But yeah, that that that's actually an interesting idea. Maybe next time I start a fire, I'll split one of those things up and see how it works. Yeah, yeah, and I mean it it works pretty well. Um, it works it works pretty well even when you're burning like pine that's semi seasoned. And like you need to for all everybody that's listening because there's a bunch of people in the comments that are asking questions about fire. Like you need to season your hardwood. If you're going to be burning in the house, uh, 305 HJD in, in the comments was saying, um, you know, starting fires inside your house, that would, that's a really bad idea. And let me tell you why. So if, if you got a fireplace or a, um, a wood stove and you've got your flu, you need to be cleaning that out every year. And getting a, you know, either a, a certified chimney sweep or, you know, um, learning what that certified chimney sweep is doing and, and pay very, very close attention to what they do. And then you can do it because I have a kit to do it myself. I've been doing it since I was a kid. Um, and, and, you know, I, I know what you need to do. And it's really not a hard process. Um, but anyway, if your wood is not seasoned, and this is pretty important because, you know, all, all the folks that like think, okay, the grid's going to go down and now all of a sudden I'm going to be able to heat my home with wood and, and just do it. Well, you're in for a rude awakening because green wood doesn't burn very well. I think probably most people know that that's kind of common sense, 
but green green firewood firewood is still green six months to a year after you split it if you don't season it and how do you do that all right so you have a, a shed that's open air generally on both sides so there's some air circulation and there's a proper way to stack the wood inside of that shed and you really want to keep it dry um, what I do is I put down pallets that I get from a local hardware store here that sells fertilizer and stuff. Everything's all on pallets. So I put my wood down on top of pallets, which are over top of gravel, so that you're getting air circulation completely around the wood pile, and it's going to dry it out. Now, your hardwoods, it takes about a year for hardwoods to fully be seasoned. And what that means is that all – the um, all the sap is drying out of it because that sap, what that does is, is that it, it creates really black smoke and that smoke cools down. When, whenever you have a real smoky fire, it means it's a cold fire or a cooler fire. It's not, it's not hot. There's not full combustion that you want. Right. And so that smoke is going up the chimney and it's cooling off as, as it's rising and it's bonding with the walls of the chimney. And so when you have that happening, you've got creosote that's building up. That's what the stuff is. And it's just black soot. And um, that stuff is highly combustible. And you go to, to build a fire that is, you know, um, maybe a little too hot in the beginning or something. That combustion is going to happen inside the chimney. And then you're going to have what's called a flu fire. And uh, it's a little bit rarer these days. Um it's not as many chimney fires, at least down here, because it's not as many people using wood stoves inside their house um, as it used to be. But it that used to be a real big deal. And generally speaking, if you have a chimney fire going on, unless your fire department is equipped to, de to deal with it, they have a foam that goes in from the top that they spray and it, and it goes down the chimney. And then the chimney literally has to wait and cool. Um, yeah, it's still burning even under that foam. Like the foam doesn't put it out. The heat's still there. That's going to crack your chimney. It's, it's going to cause all kinds of problems, but worst case scenario, that'll burn your house down. Um, so you really need to pay attention to the seasoning process of, of the wood itself. Make sure that stuff isn't green. It's had at least a year sitting there, a year from the time you fell the tree to the time you cut it up and, and processed it into firewood to the time you're burning it in the house. Um, make sure you're doing that. And then also every year, it's a ritual. Every year in like late September, early October, get that chimney swept. It doesn't uh, honestly it really doesn't cost a lot of money to do it i think you can probably i know around here you can get a chimney sweep for like 70 bucks and and it's peace of mind it's going to keep you from having a lot of problems um further down the road but lighting fires inside your house inside a wood stove with uh with light or not i mean that's probably not a good idea um and uh w while we're on the topic there's little enviro logs that people like to burn that allegedly burns off the crease so um i really would stay away from those two it's there's no substitute for actually cleaning your chimney properly 
Yeah, my old man, he was a firefighter for 35 years. Um, oh, yeah, he's seen he said, it. Yeah, he said chimney fires are terrifying. They turn into, like, fucking jets. Yeah. There's blue flame flying out of both ends. Yeah, they're dangerous. And usually, man, the protocol is get everybody out of the structure. <laughs> let it burn. And let it burn. Yeah. That's, yeah. There ain't much else you can do. Yep, if it's a townhouse, soak the houses next, like, both walls next door. That's all you can do. Yep. Mm. Yep. It's rough, man. Back when we had coal-fired everything, like, people actually heated their homes with coal and stuff, it was a much worse problem than it is now. But it's... I mean, you, you get somebody that's inexperienced with burning wood in their homes, and I don't know, man. I got a feeling there's going to be a lot of those folks by next winter. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it can get rough quick, fast, in a hurry. Yeah, most people are just used to going up to a thermostat and clicking the buttons and or turning the dial, you know? Yeah, man, because that's convenient. Yep. That's convenient. It's like getting potato chips at Walmart. It's convenient. Until you walk in there and there ain't none. I make my own potato chips. Yeah. <laughs> Cast iron. And by that, <laughs> now, I don't make my own potato chips. I just eat potatoes ah. a lot. <laughs> um, I, I, I know how to make potato chips. It's I, I'd probably fuck it up a few times before I figured it out, but... I probably only waste like three potatoes getting it right. Nah, man. All you need is a mandolin cutter, right? All you need is a mandolin cutter and a cast iron cauldron. Fill that thing full of vegetable oil. Get a good hot fire under it so it's nice and bubbly. Drop those things in there, man. That's all you got to do. That's it, Instant huh? potato chips. And then, then take some Old Bay seasoning. Put that on them. Old Bay, baby. Yes, sir. Yeah, buddy. I just that bought, stuff is so good. I just bought Put a seven and a half pound container of it. Seven and a half pounds? Of Old Bay, yeah. Whew. Yeah, if you and- use it right, that'll last you the rest of your life. <laughs> so for me, it's probably going to last like a year. Whew, yeah, I, I can't eat. Man, I'm from Baltimore and I can't eat too much of that. <laughs> any of my food. It kills me. <laughs> yeah, no. Have you tried it on your eggs or popcorn? Uh, I do yeah. it uh, every morning. So my breakfast in the morning on this diet is um, basically 100 grams of tur- a mixture of turkey and pork sausage, um, three-quarter cups of egg whites, and um, a little bit of cheese. And I put Old Bay on it every morning. And I put a metric fuck ton of Old Bay on it. And it's, mean, it's, yeah. it's, 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 it's basically starting the morning with an orgasm is what it is. Good grief. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, we can see Robbie Robin in the comments said, crab chips. Hell yes. Oh, yeah. so way. This man yeah, They are pretty tasty, way. man, but I don't know. Maybe it's because I grew up on this shit. I just, the old bay, I'm like, those who You're know go with J.O. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's you know what's good. Um, I had some slap your mama, slap your mama from yeah. I think it's from Louisiana. That's like Louisiana's like Old Bay or something. 
that stuff's yeah. pretty good too. I that's actually, uh, I need to get more of that. I just ran out of that stuff. Yeah, it's good. If you can find it up there, I mean, you probably you probably can. I've been able to find it everywhere. But um, Tony Shashri's Tony Shashri's has got this little uh, cartoon chef on it. And that's like, that's the big one in like, like all in the, the, uh, Gulf of Mexico. And, um, so like Louisiana, Mississippi, and East Texas, you see, uh, Tony Shashri's, they put that on everything. And it's, it's like old Bay. It's got a little more, um, it's got a little more bite to it than old Bay. Like they, they've got a really hot version of it too. That, I think I've had uh, that before. Yeah. They've got yeah. some got habanero in it, and um, that one comes in an orange can. It's What's good. it called? Tony Shashri's. Hmm. I'll get you some when you come down. Roger that. I'll get you. They, I mean, they've got it everywhere here. It's yeah. It's like yeah. North Carolina is kind of the nexus of like hot sauce. We have like all these different hot sauces and seasonings that they they like. They've come from everywhere else, and they're just here. And yeah, you guys got like the dry rub, the barbecue sauce, like all the different seasons. Yeah, we got it all. Isn't Texas Pete made in North Carolina? Sure is. (laughs) Yeah, Salisbury, North Carolina. (laughs) That's right. Texas Pete. Oh, scrapple. Okay, Red Rooster is where it's at, though. Red Rooster. See y'all, y'all don't know about Red Rooster. It, it, that's literally all it's called is Red Rooster. It's got a white label on the bottle with a rooster on it, and it just says Red Rooster. Like it doesn't, it doesn't have anything <laughs> on the back. Like it, you don't know where this is made. Nothing. It just says Red Rooster, and all it is that's is how vinegar. you know it's good. That's right. It's vinegar and chili powder, and that's it. But in the perfect amounts and just a little bit of brown sugar in it. Telling you. I had this one hot sauce called uh, Baboon Ass. And I got to tell you, man. (laughs) That label wasn't lying. (laughs) It it tasted great, but it did not feel great later. It gave you a number in there on him. And so they're like, if, if this happens, like this guy was a traitor, this is what we did to him. Like it. So Putin knows. And the other thing too, man, I saw a number of documentaries back when, uh, Donbass was hot and heavy. The first advertising from like the go army, uh, you know, go Navy, the army Navy game this year. Like, and they actually had some kind of funny stuff. Like it, it wasn't so dull this year it, it was actually they, they had some good leadership and, and they had I, I, so i put this out and i'm gonna link to it so if anyone else is is wants to weigh in i put up a post i don't know a couple days ago an rfi uh asking about what the supply chain issues were in your area and i thought the um it's coming out of virginia because me i mean i mean you know that that far northern north carolina where we get virginia news too and and back when um uh, we had, you know, over the air TV a lot because, uh, you know, I, I grew up multiple TV shows as having arguably some of the hottest wings in the country. Noise. And uh, I, I would caution you not to actually get the wings in it, but just a little bit on the side and dip your finger in it. Because <laughs> I've, I've seen people um, to the point where they, they couldn't drive home. 
Mm. They, they took a, a, dot, a, a little tiny dot on their on their pinky and tried mm. it. They wanted to get wings in it, and we begged them not to because they weren't from the area. And we're like, no, 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 would no, they, no, no, no. Would they put it on their pinky and like rub it on their teeth to test the purity or something? No, like, they just we, we just <laughs> take a little taste. Just take a little taste before you get something in it. And I've never seen someone turn so many shades of blue and purple. Uh, that's some yeah. pure mm. Colombian right there. Mm, mm. <laughs> mm, mm. I think that's I think that's the stuff that makes Tony Montana do stuff. Yeah, man, you got to get it up in that gum and everything. <laughs> really get all the flavors of it. Push it to the limit, man. Pull out a chainsaw, <laughs> beg for your life on the ground. <laughs> Tony, Tony, Tony shoot me. Shoot you? I'm not gonna shoot you, Manny. Shoot this piece of shit. <laughs> you got a hot sauce, man? What kind of shit is this, man? Man, just not no hot sauce, man. <sighs> okay. <laughs> Why don't you get a job or something, pussycat? <laughs> oh Lord, have mercy, man. I saw Scarface the other day. I came back up from Florida and I saw it. I was like, oh man, Scarface. I haven't seen this in like years. Watch this. God, I can't. Like, this is this is the best, worst movie ever. <laughs> like, it's so, the movie is, it, it's like, man, I just, all these people are complete dirt. <laughs> yeah, you really can't feel sorry. It's First of all, it's great because it's like, it's very Romeo and Juliet, or well, not Romeo and Juliet. It's very Shakespearean. Like the 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 story is classic Shakespeare, right? But yeah. but it's set in like 1980s Miami, like it, yeah. and it's it, and that's this, that's it. Like that's the whole story, and it's it's really kind of like wildly over the top in some aspects. Like even the accents themselves are like overdone, but oh, it's. Yeah. It, but that actually kind of is what some places in the world are like. Um, you do meet some guys like that, even in Baltimore. You meet guys like that. Um, oh yeah, yeah. And uh, talk about but yeah, yeah. Movie. Like the cinematography. It. I mean, it's really like cheap. You you look at the architecture, and it's like that cheap, like late '80s, like hardly even qualifies as stick built. It's like you you look at a house or a building, <laughs> and you're like, I bet that's got aluminum wiring in it, like. It's yeah. I mean, it's it's bad, dude. Like, oh yeah, yeah, man. I, I, don't, know. I don't know. Yeah, it was it was Oliver Stone. I had forgot that Oliver Stone wrote that story. I did not know that. I didn't know that either. Yeah, he wrote it. He wrote the screenplay for it. Another dude directed it, but hmm. he wrote it. I was like, huh? All right. It's pretty, uh, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I, I know Oliver Stone's kind of controversial in a lot of circles, but you know, I got respect for him. Got yeah, respect for him. Yeah, I mean, if you're good at what you do, you're good at what you do. You know, like I'm, you know, he is man. If I if yeah, I don't I mean, like your politics, natural born killers. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I actually yeah. haven't seen that yet. I just like it because it's just the guys are just totally insane in that movie. It's kind of entertaining to watch. Yeah, yeah. We, we watched it in Afghanistan on a down day one day, and I was just like, "This, 
This movie's so stupid, but I love it. It's like rubber where the, the tire goes around blowing people's heads up. <laughs> Dude, I love it. Can't get enough of that movie. God. <laughs> I had forgot that movie existed until now. That was, that was an instant was... classic. <laughs> that ranks up there with Maximum Overdrive as... One of the dumbest things that I think that I have ever seen. Um, that and Hot Rod. Do y'all remember Hot Rod? <laughs> what? Hot, you, I love okay. that movie, dude. I love that movie. Oh, That's one my. of my favorite comedy movies. That oh. movie's almost as good as like Talladega Nights or the, or like the other guys. No. Like, that movie's pretty good. It's Saying what, so what way? stupid. Dude, the, but he's got the rivalry with the Vietnam veteran stepfather. And he's yeah. like, don't you ever sneak up on a man that's been in a chemical fire, you crazy son of a bitch. That shit's funny, dude. <laughs> that shit is funny, dude. Yes. Oh, God. Yes. Oh, yeah. We were, yes. we were supposed to actually do something on this podcast, right? Brandon World yeah, War yeah, no, no, no. We're, at, we're, we're gonna get there, man. We're gonna get there. We're okay. Just, you know, HP eleven, I've seen the comments, she's like, get to Brandon in World War Three. Uh so yeah, you know, but I mean there's more life than worrying about World War Three. It's, it's gonna happen. Don't worry, brother. It's gonna happen. World War you're gonna get World War Three. Don't worry. Uh, I I got a feeling. I I just got a feeling. Um man, yeah, it's 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 looking it's it's looking pretty messy in uh, in Ukraine right now. Uh, just some of the the outlets that I've been tracking, uh, some of the stuff that I've I've seen come across the wire from the OSINT outlets, uh, a few different uh, outlets that are in the region in in Ukraine. They were hitting up Twitter and and some of the other stuff um, because. Even though I despise Twitter and have absolutely zero use for any of the people that, that are on there, um, and I think most of them would be uh, better served on a helicopter ride out of Chile. Uh, but with that said, there are a lot of people in various parts of the world that are posting up to the date things uh, that are happening, you know, at the moment. And so there's a few outlets that. I follow over there that I don't particularly care for nor agree with. Um, but um, anyway, that being said, it's looking like the, uh, the most of the heavy lift stuff has been moved into Belarus. Um, there's at least one squadron of Iskander missile equipped uh, Bubba's on the ground there. However, they equip their uh, intermediate rocket forces. Um, that's really significant because Belarus is in a very strategic position. Um, they are bordered with Poland. Of course, Poland, that's one of the things that hasn't really been talked much about in all of this. Poland is on uh, very, very high alert right now. Um, because Poland's been concerned about a ground invasion from Russia for a long time. Now, I'll say that it's both likely and unlikely. Um, Russia is simply wants breathing room. 
And I know, you know, probably some of the the, the critics out there are going to say, well, you know, Hitler said that about Sudetenland and everything. Yeah, and maybe that was true, but the the powers that be were not bringing the war directly to the doorstep of Germany at the at that point, and and habitually has been attempting to do so for a long period of time. Now that statement is no endorsement of Putin either. It's it it is what it is. But what I will say is this: is that you can only poke somebody for so long before they shove you back. And that's kind of the deal here. And, you know, I've talked about Burisma in the past. Um, in depth, I've talked about Burisma and what's going on there. There's there's a mountain of corruption. You know, we, we talked about Oliver Stone and I brought that up specifically for this analogy. Um, you know, we're, we're getting into these foreign entanglements, man. And, and Burisma has been a piggy bank for the powers that be, the power elite, the deep state, whatever it is that you want to call it. They have had their hands in the cookie jar with Burisma for a really long time playing in somebody else's backyard. And they've been starting all these problems all across the world. So I'm just saying that right now it's looking like that the check is going to happen. But we're continuing to push them further and further to where they no longer have an option. There's there's not really a political resolution there. Um, But. All the stuff, all the heavy equipment getting moved into Belarus, that is extremely significant. Uh, I would expect soon, it's looking like very, very soon, there's a number of outlets that uh, intelligence analysis guys, OSINT guys that are making that assessment as well. It's looking like with, with what they have moved into the region, and Belarus is just far enough away from the assets that we have in the Mediterranean as well um, that could intervene in all of that. So I would expect a, a full-scale invasion um, if it comes down to that, hopefully. And again, hopefully it doesn't, but um, it's they're, they're going to be coming across the border into Ukraine from the north. It looks like to me there's a lot of pictures and stuff that are coming out of the Donbass region, all the trenches and stuff, that looks like a modern-day Maginot line. Like, that's that was much ado about nothing, and they're just going to completely, um, you know, pull a, uh, uh, a patent maneuver and just go 90 degrees out of phase and just come around behind. Uh, you know, Patton's famous remo- uh, maneuver going into the Battle of the Bulge uh, that, that took the German army by surprise. It's That's that's literally what is looking like it is shaping up to be right now. Um, and, yeah, and, and, you know, on that note, uh, pass the mic over to these guys. Well, what I'll say is, um, you know, monitoring the what I do on Twitter with the AP Twitter account, um, there's a lot of people that I've, I've come to um, really trust the things that they're saying, the analysis, they have the, the bona fides behind them. Uh, you've actually interviewed a couple of them on, um, on, on radio Contra. Uh, the assessment is basically there as well, that um, it's looking like it would be probably sometime mid February. Um, there was an interesting thread that came out this, uh, you know, t- you want to talk about loose lips, sink ships, this news group, they basically got 
to these train stations where a lot of these units, I guess, were coming together and then shipping out. And they were talking to the mothers and like the wives of some of these soldiers. And like they told them who they were. And some of them then like were like, oh, no, I'm not talking to you anymore. Some of them still just talked and they were like, yeah, you know, he's he, he my guy, my guy is a uh, indirect mortar man or something. And basically they were told, yeah, they're going in. And my person, you know, I'm not going to talk to you, but they managed to get out of them before they told him who they were that, oh, he's actually Spetsnaz or whatever. You know what I mean? Like they, they were getting yep. a lot of reporting. And then you coupled that with the photographs that people were getting of vehicles on trains, columns moving out with, you know, being able to see units, people who were tweeting, you know, dumbass soldiers. And we have them in our unit, you know, our, our, our army too, who were tweeting shit out. Like, oh, oh yeah. I'm off to here. Um, yeah. It's pretty pretty compelling. When you look at the, the battle map and you see what they have and where it is, uh, it is fucking... I'm, I'm convinced that in the next 30 days, something will happen. Oh, yeah. It's, it, it's definitely not saber-rattling. Madman, what say yeah. you, bro? Um... Yeah, JP and I were actually kind of ball gaming that earlier. Um, I'll let him speak to uh, his part. I think I don't like using Twitter. Um, it definitely has its uses. Like they're obviously moving stuff, but it's hard to tell when those photos were taken. It's also hard to tell um, whether that's just troop standard troop movements because you know, like. Vehicles go down, guys have to go home for R&R, all that good stuff. So, um, what we know now, I think that, yeah, uh, I would not be surprised if something happened soon. Um, at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised if this was, I don't want to call it saber rattling, um, but I think maybe more ducks are going to get lined up before anything goes down. Um, I know that's a real vague assessment, but um, yeah, you never know with these guys, man. It's just war's deception, especially these days. Um, you got drone warfare. I think if anything happens, they're going to be using an incredible amount of artillery um, just due to the nature of those battlefields. Um, and Russia, you know, it's not the Red Army of, of World War II. They're not just going to throw hordes of they're not going to pull a china maneuver where you know where they just have millions of people that they can just throw at a battlefield and just not care if they get they get capped in the first day um yeah russia's a little bit more uh advanced in warfare than that i think they're going to use small team tactics in certain areas like they're they're definitely going to send guys way behind in ukraine if they do go in um I think they're going to use a lot of drones and a lot of vehicles if they do an actual all-out assault. Yeah. So that's that's my take from what I actually know now. Like I said, all, all the pictures and videos I've seen, it's like, I mean, it's definitely convincing. Um, just it, it's hard to trust the, uh, the fake news, you know? Like that, that could it just is. be a bunch of old ass pictures that people are just cycling around and 
It could um, be. It certainly speaks volumes that the um, Russian diplomats were saying that there's a countdown. I saw that uh, on various sites. Yep. Um, that's a little ominous sounding. Uh, and then <laughs> what's Blinken, right? Is that our guy's name? Yeah, Anthony Blinken. Yeah, that, Blinken yeah, that guy like... Yeah, that guy bumbled through like what was supposed to be a threat, I think. Um, <laughs> per- personally, I would have been like, look, man, uh, if one of your soldiers takes one more step past that line where they're at now, we are going to fuck you up and then just drop the mic and walk away. But he like bumbled through some half-ass attempt to threaten him, and uh, I don't think Vlad's going to go for that. He is ex-KGB. He's, uh, he's a pretty hard dude. You're not going to scare him away too easy. Nah. And, you know, like, it's important to point out, too, man, that he's he's not just a, a old, hardline intelligence community guy from the era where that really, really meant something. Uh, to, to be a, uh, a member of the National Clandestine Service of, of any country back in, in those days, man, that, that meant something. Uh, that was back when you know the the KGB literally showed them videos on like day one of their training academy. Of, if you become a traitor, this is what's going to happen to you. And they had a dude burning alive in a crematorium, <laughs> and they had a camera in there on him. And so they're like, if if this happens, like this guy was a traitor. This is what we did to him. Like it. So Putin knows and. The other thing, too, man, I saw a number of documentaries back when uh, Donbass was hot and heavy the first time. And, I mean, those guys, they they revere Stalin as as a strong man, like the same way that we do Washington and Jefferson and, uh, you know, Nathaniel Green and Francis Marion and all those guys. They revere Stalin the same way. They see Putin as as the modern incarnation of that, and and that's a powerful thing, man. You know, the closest America had to that in the last probably two generations was Trump, and and you know that's that's gone, that's over with now. You know, we'll look at what we got now. So I think they they're really seizing the opportunity. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I think, um, I think Madman and his assessment that, you know, any of the video that's getting leaked, we'd want to consider the source and, and the information. If those are say, like, I'm not a, I'm not a heavy weapons or well, No, I like if it can be carried by a team of guys like four dudes and assembled, I'm all about it. But really above that, I, you know, if it, if it, if it belongs on a vehicle, I really know very little, very little about it. Um, Like perhaps those missiles need to be fueled with liquid fuel. I don't even know if they're solid fuel rockets. Um, Like Iskanders. Yeah. Iskanders are. They are. Uh, yeah. Which one are they? Do they do they need to be fueled, and it takes like a while to get them off the ground, or or no? Nah. You just push. No, nah, it, it's it's my understanding. It's it's a uh, solid fuel booster. It's the Iskanders are superior to our intermediate range weapon system. Like we we've, we've been using the Tomahawk for about thirty years now. 
um, absent upgrades to the guidance system, it, they're they're really uh, it's it's I don't want to say it's old technology because it was cutting edge when it came out, but I mean it's thirty years old. Iskander's are are pretty on point, and I mean you know th- that's just what we know that they have. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's single so, stage um, solid propellant, just is what it's saying. Yeah. from what my research show. Okay, thank yeah, you. I mean, I, I don't know Jack Ryan or nothing, but I know I know what I know. Hey, Peyton, okay. man, look that shit up. I, I know what I know. I um. So Come on, thanks, now. thanks, Patriot, man, for the uh, for the spot on that. Um. So yeah. So uh, another thing, like if you watch uh, old Soviet propaganda, there's actually one of their military day parades. And you can see the, the missiles on the back of the, the carrier bouncing around. And the, the general consensus was that it was a, a hollow, possibly aluminum or, or steel, but probably plywood, uh, like steamed plywood, like rounded. And it, yeah. like, because missiles don't bounce around on the back of, a, of, um, of the launching vehicle because obviously how would you maintain like the guidance system being like precise and tuned and, 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 and calibrated. Um, so there's a lot, and you know, to, to strap something down to a train and, and, and just drive it around randomly on, on some tracks, like you're not going to really like it. You can make a, you can make a mock version of a missile and a missile launching system to standard it's it's not like world war ii anymore where they can use like blow up doll versions of the of the real thing you know what i'm saying oh so the um <laughs> there's a lot there's a lot uh there's a lot going on certainly um so madman uh asked me earlier and i misinterpreted him he he said do you think russia's gonna and russia and ukraine do you think it's gonna pop off in the ukraine is what he said he said do you think it's gonna pop off in the ukraine and i said um well, it, it already did pop off in Ukraine, uh, you know, like like seven years ago. Um, and he's like, no, no, no. I mean, like the U.S. and Russia. And I was like, oh, right. <laughs> Duh. So. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the Ukraine and, and, and Russia already had a go at it. Like, you know, maybe everybody's been getting ready for round two and we're about to jump into the ring. That's always a possibility. Um, it also. I don't know. This is this time of year is not a good time to pick a fight. Well, it's a good it's a good time to pick a fight if you're the guy that's got the best optical equipment, um, because there's no leaves on the trees, and there's there's not really anywhere to hide, and that is is significant. Like th- there's a big difference between running around the woods of of um, of this type of environment when there's when there's leaves on the trees and and when there's not leaves on the trees because you're talking like being able to see like 5 to 25 yards or 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 being able to see like 800 yards depending on uh what you're looking at and i, I just i don't know but maybe they are getting ready for the spring it i'm not going to jump onto the 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 magic bandwagon because i i know for a fact being having been part of like a regular unit like a regular infantry unit um i was part of the the grf for the 82nd and we used to get spun up a lot and but very 
few times did we actually deploy. Uh, two exa two recent examples would be like when um, when there were the rocket attacks on the the embassies in Iraq and the quote 82nd was sent in. That was actually that's a specific unit in the 82nd, and I was I was a part of that unit. And there's a lot of other moving pieces that go along with that. It's kind of like a like when you're in country, you have your in country QRF, which is like part of your guys. Like, and you train with them together, you live with them, you sleep with them. They're they're yeah. they're your boys. You eat with them. But there's another type of QRF that's actually called the GRF. At least that's what it was called when I was in. And it's, and it's the Global Readiness Force. And when things really get bad, you call in like three to four thousand dudes, depending on the on the day and and the environment. And that's Apaches, that's tanks, that's um, heavy infantry, light infantry, that's um, a military police brigade for handling prisoners and maintaining good order and discipline. And, um, and then there's, uh, and, and interrogations as well, that military police are, you know, also the interrogators as well. Um, and then, uh, and then there's, there's, you're attached to straight up attached to Delta Force and SF and, and it's, Kind of, it's not quite special special operations. Anyway, back to the story. They did a very very good job of. Uh, um, oh, and then Afghanistan. They sent them in in Afghanistan as well. Recently, yeah. uh, several months ago. That was my old unit, and we got spun up a lot when 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 um, the French went into Mali in 2011. We were on the birds, ready to go, loaded up, hand grenades, rockets, machine guns, everything. And 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 several other um, things that were going on during the Arab Spring. Like I I was on the bird in a parachute, damn near ready to jump for um, Egypt and Libya, and they we we ended up not getting not going in because our proxies in the area did what they were supposed to do and did not fail their mission. So anyway, um, back to my original point. They did a very, very good job of scrubbing the internet of any Facebook posts, Twitter posts, Instagram posts, everything. Like you wouldn't know we were getting spin up. It was like it was like they flipped a switch and we were operating on a completely different internet. And even if somebody did post something, it wasn't going anywhere. And I just think it's curious how all of a sudden this stuff's all over the internet. And I think like Madman was saying, and, and knowing Madman's background and, and, and how he sees things, especially when it comes to the internet, which is a form of signals intelligence. Yep. It, it's it, cyberspace is a signal. Um, and, and, and I, I don't know, it's, it's just all too, it seems like saber rattling is my point. And I think I just don't, I wouldn't want to fight in the, in the woods of a of a country like the Ukraine when there's no leaves on the trees, no matter what side I'm on and no matter what technology I have. And that's just my opinion. And I think maybe are they getting ready for the spring offensive? Well, not spring, but early summer because you got to wait for the leaves to get bigger. But really, like when you really want to wait is like the end of the summer right before the fall when all the vines are at their maximum size like you want to go through a draw in the spring or do you want to go through a draw in the end of the summer? Like you can, you can, if like part of my um, map reading and land navigation class, like you don't necessarily have to use a like bracket by azimuth and pace count around a draw 
in the in the beginning of the spring or the winter. But towards the like middle of the summer and end of the summer, you're not going to get through the draw in any reasonable amount of time. Like it's it's going to get it's almost faster to just walk around it, and, and it is faster to just walk around it. I'm telling you right now. And so, I yeah, I if they were getting ready for anything, and and like let's say they are getting ready to go go go, and there's going to be green lights. I don't know, man. It, end of the summer. That would be the best bet, like because then you're you, then you hit them hard, and then you're operating in the winter, and he who wins has a decisive, decisive advantage over the other guy because you have all the the gear and the equipment, and you control the airspace, and when you take photographs or scan an area, and you are you ha- you you are looking at trees that don't have any leaves on them, and there's very few places to hide. So I don't right. I don't know. That's it. That's my piece right there, guys. Real, well, real quick on top of that. Hey, go ahead. Um, one thing, I swear, it'll take five seconds. Look for ISR assets getting shot down or oh, yeah. just mysteriously falling out of the sky. Then that's oh. like, okay, shit's about to get real. Because um, that's how you control the airspace. You know, you're not going to have your fighter jets in a stack with the enemy ISR drones. Or uh, <laughs> if you see an if you see an MC-12 go down over Ukraine, uh, it might be getting a little spicy. And that's it. That's all I got. Yeah. No, no, no. I, I don't disagree at all. Um, I think that might have been a move. Johnny, you called this out when um, uh, FedEx is petitioning the, the FAA to mount um, countermeasures, or or at least uh, some sort of countermeasure. They're they're saying it's IR laser based. I don't know. It, it you know that that's one. There's chaff too. That that that's another that they deploy. But they're wanting to mount that. And you called it out. I think it was over on the forum when you did. Yes, uh, the, you know the it, forum passed that intel to me. I found it buried yeah. in the archives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, you know, it, it, I think that's very prescient. Um, it is telling now. I do know too that that uh, the guy that was going into detail about it on there is a very very well versed logistician from the Air Force. So you know he knows what he is talking about too. And it wasn't that he was um, he was debunking it necessarily, but he was kind of giving you the inside baseball of like this. They they wanted to do this for a while, but it's kind of like it's a more pressing issue now. That's how I read into it. But the one thing that I wanted to bring up is that um, as Madman was talking about with uh, the scheme of maneuver of the Russians, now there's some things that are modern. There's some things that are new. But when it comes to uh, third generation warfare, things don't really change that much. And when you're talking about generations of warfare, um, third generation warfare is still linear warfare. Okay, it's combined arms maneuver because you had first generation warfare, which, um, you know, William S. Lynn defines all these. You know, you haven't read anything about Lynn. You probably ought to. He's he's a a really incredible uh, uh, military thinker today. But um, and and I've met him a couple of times. He's he's pretty interesting guy. But, uh, you know, first generation warfare is kind of like, you know, we're going to be fighting each other with sticks and clubs. Right. You know, second generation warfare is, 
you know, um, Middle Ages up into the Napoleonic era and then getting into, you know, World War One. We really didn't change like the technology evolved. Some of the tactics evolved, but we really didn't change that much with the advent of indirect fire and, um, you know, gunpowder in its most refined form, naval gunfire, aircraft, aircraft being a huge one on the battlefield, all these modern enablers. World War II really was the third generation of warfare. And then, of course, fourth generation warfare, uh, dealing with guerrilla war and you know, control of narratives and psyops and dealing with civilians and all that stuff, right? It's fourth generation warfare. Well, anyway, one of the uh, – a small rebuttal that I'll offer, and tactically, brother, you're, you're spot on. You're exactly right. But I will offer this is that the Russians, they did not change from the Soviet army in terms of doctrine when it comes to third-generation warfare. And historically, historically speaking, they have always invaded, when they wanted a quick decapitation strike, they have always invaded in the winter months. They've always done it. They did it in the Czech Republic when uh, the the, uh, Czech Republic, Slovakian um, guys were they they were kind of communist in name only. They were just kind of playing along, and they had a workers' uprising because they they wanted to get rid of the communist menace at the time. Um, they came in, the Russians came in, the Soviet army came in and put that revolt down, and that happened in the winter months. The same thing happened in Hungary, not too long after that, they put that down. And then I pulled up here um, because when you were talking, that reminded me of their invasion in 1978 of Afghanistan. And so this happened. I pulled this up. This happened uh, 24 December 1979. Uh, So I said 1978. Correction is 1979. That was their initial invasion when or it was it was originally 1978. It was a coup attempt that the Spetsnaz carried out. So they had their, their tier one guys go in and kill the president of Afghanistan. And it was a quick decapitation strike. And then it, it, but it didn't go right. It didn't go according to plan. And because, you know, in Afghanistan, nothing ever does because you literally can't make a plan in Afghanistan. Cause not, not big scale plan because shit just ain't going to go right. But that is exactly what they did when it, and you know, what I'll offer is, is just a, a small rebuttal is, is when you want to do a decapitation strike on a government to install your own favorable government in place with net, without a lot of fuss, you do it in the middle of winter because people aren't really going to be getting out there. You're not going to have a Euro maiden type deal. And, and I will offer up too that uh, the, you, you need to look into how Zelenko, right? He, he's the president of Ukraine, right? And this all the, the little Twitter uh, Intel weenies out there. Uh, you know, Intel crab is one of them, right? This dude's, Got a little picture of a crab waving a Ukrainian flag, right? This dude uh, cheerleading you to go to war, and he ain't gonna go to war, right? Uh, I had to throw that out there because man, sounds I familiar. Really, these people are grading on me, man. They they really do because they 
you know, they, they want you to be a trigger puller, but they don't want to do, they, they don't want no part of it themselves. But, um, <laughs> a lot it, of truth to that Zelenko, statement. Man. It's true, man. But Zelenko, you need to see how this dude came to power. Okay. You need to see how this guy came to power and you tell me all of that stuff about investigating Biden, all that stuff about looking into Burisma, all of that. They put this Zelenko guy in and all of that stuff went away magically. They had their, their Euromaiden color revolution protests and they got rid of the sitting president of Ukraine who was friendly to Russia. And then all of a sudden, and he was good. He was going to investigate Burisma, by the way, right? He was going to investigate Burisma and he was the one that Biden threatened over the phone. And those tapes were out there. Saying, you know, like he, he was like, well, you know what we, what we could do to you if you do that, you know, yeah, because you want your son to keep getting that bribe money. You want people like Coffer Black to keep getting that bribe money. Right. Because this is a, this is a deep state trap is what this is, man. This is this is your cash cow. Right. And so they, they put the Zelenko guy in who was a late night comedian. I mean, this guy was a late night comedian. He was the yeah, John- he looks like a limp wristed pussy. He, yeah, man, and and that's why I chuckle when I see this guy. They they got pictures of this dude out there with his his body armor on, you know, like he's a real tough guy. It's like, you know, I ain't got nothing against comedians, man. I like making people laugh too here and there to break up, you know, stuff in class. But I mean, come on, man, you know, like th- this this is not a soldier. This is this is not a tough guy getting out there. He needs to, you know, he needs to be a leader for his people. And put on a business suit, and you know, and, and but he, but they can't do that, right? Scout, they can't. Yeah. Question: Have you seen the Ukrainian, um, like war documentaries, or the uh, Ukrainian like recruiting? I've seen a few advertising. Yeah, it's pretty good. You know that comes. Yeah. That obviously that comes. So, for the listeners that aren't aware, any military advertising. It comes straight out of like public relations, which is a which is secretly a branch of psyops, mm-hmm. and which is special operations. And um, that you saw some of that advertising from like the Go Army, uh, you know, Go Navy, the Army Navy game this year. Like, and they actually had some kind of funny stuff. Like, it, it wasn't so dull this year. It it was actually they they had some good leadership and, and they had some good ideas and they actually went with them. I'm sure they have good ideas every year, but it's just whether or not a jerk is in charge and who has a sense of humor. Um, historically, PSYOPs soldiers are actually, um, I mean, some of them are, are nice, I'm sure. I, I don't want to speak uh, universally, but um, let's just say like, you know, you're looking for people who are really good li- liars and have no problem lying to the good guys and the bad guys or anybody, right? The, um they're, they're kind of like, uh, they're good poker players. Let's just say that. And um, I don't know. I, I just, it's funny. I, I'm sitting here listening to you, to you, you uh, make, um, talking about the Ukrainian leadership. And I'm just like, wow. So they have like goofy looking leadership, but Russia has like really strong men as leadership. But the Ukraine can still make the proper decision to put out really good recruiting propaganda to motivate their people to fight and it's not like ukraine doesn't have friends and certainly ukraine is worth fighting for i mean they're they're not like 
a wholly like ugly or or like uninhabitable uninhabitable type of a place like like if i was like no, they, they got a lot I of would, cuties there i would love to inhabit but you know yeah, well I, you know if you're gonna fight like if yeah, i was no, yemeni bad. if i was yemeni i would not really be interested in fighting to the death for my little piece of the desert in saudi arabia like is that really worth dying over like you know like what does Yemen really offer the Yemeni? Um, but Ukraine, though, Nothing. is worth fighting for. That's a that's for sure, no doubt. That's like saying, you know, uh, is the Rocky Mountains sure, worth man. fighting for? So, uh, I don't know. It, but the thing is, is that wars don't happen. And, and I mean, this this is a universal reality, man. Wars do not happen by themselves. There's always an economic interest. There's somebody who stands to gain. And there's somebody who stands to lose. And it always boils down to money, man. You got to look at it. And so with with Brandon out there, Brandon's poll numbers are the absolute lowest that any president has ever had ever. Um they don't even roll out camel toe anymore. Like they, they don't even put her out there. Like, have you noticed that you don't see her at all because they, they want you to forget that she's anything. Um, they, they, and, and that's the thing, man, that that's wag the dog, you know, stuff is bad. So they think that they can play the game that they, that they can whip up a war and make him look like a tough guy. But the thing is, man, they're messing with the wrong dude. They they're messing with an actual tough guy who's like, yeah, no, nah, no, nah, we're not doing that. I just watched y'all pull out of Afghanistan with you, you know, a war that you could have won. You you could have won that, but you didn't. You didn't have the resolve to do it. So we watched you pull out of that. We watched you make a mess in Iraq. We watched you make a mess all across North Africa. We watched you make a mess in the entire Middle East. You whipped up a war in Syria. Right, you created ISIS because they did. We 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 watched everything that you did, and then you're going to bring this on the doorstep, man. I don't blame them a bit. Yeah, I agree with that. And we yeah we fucked Libya up, and that was like the gateway to Europe. And now you see what's going on in Europe. The anarchist yeah. paradise, Libya. Yeah, Ain't just like jihadis flooding into Spain on a boat and just like being led into the country like a bunch of jackasses. Yeah, and you know what's interesting about that? I know, I know for a fact there were like 382nd guys and like 100 SF guys and like 100 Delta Force guys that were fucking sitting on airplanes and could have fixed that situation. And we were all loaded up, ready to go, but they didn't fucking send anybody to stop it. And that was really, really aggravating, dude. Fuck, that was so aggravating. Had had to cover your tracks, man. Had to give you. I was they, in they were doing when that dirty shit. They were uh, they they were handing out um, party favors to people that maybe you don't they they don't want you to know they handed out party favors to. And uh, you mean so? I know what you're talking about, Scout. So I can uh-huh. answer that question. In the movie, uh, thirteen hours. You see a part, there's a, it's, it flashes on the screen for like two seconds, but you see a bunch of dudes waving like Turkish flags. And there, there's a bunch of other like little pieces of the movie like that. 
they're telling you what right. was going on over there. Like they, that, come on, like yep. watch the movie, pay, pay attention, pay attention to the symbols, the symbology. And, and you'll figure it out. Symbolism. Like, symbolism. Like it's it's right there, man. They're like Michael Bay. It makes me want to river dance. Mike Oh, Mech Medic. What's up, Mech? Mech! What up? Yeah, he's been in here he for like waiting. fucking 20 minutes. He was minutes. sitting there patiently waiting. <laughs> I don't know if you guys he's heard me crack a few beers throughout all of this. Yes, sir. So yeah, good. I was about to say, you finished that six pack waiting to see you could talk. So <laughs> good. <laughs> so, what's happening, Magmatic? You drunk uh, yet? Not yet. Just got done driving, hence my late appearance. That doesn't mean you're not drunk yet. I mean, come on. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Snurf, snurf. <laughs> not like, heading to a like certain gas station. Going on. You're part of North Carolina too, man. Like, <laughs> that makes that makes driving extra fun. Yes, it does. <laughs> you know, you know that if you're drunk in an ice storm, this is this is a true story. If you're drunk in an ice storm, and every mailbox you hit, gold coins come out of it. <laughs> <laughs> It's like Mario Brothers. <laughs> Look, man, nobody else is on the road. So, I mean, whatever. Oh, come on. <laughs> you know, and, and, and that's that's why I've got old trucks, man. It doesn't matter. You can hit whatever you want. It doesn't matter. <laughs> they're, like, they're like, is that another dent in your truck? And, you know, it's like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> like, no big deal. I went to Chapel Hill. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, no! So Chapel Hill, man, Chapel Hill, true story. So I was in Chapel Hill not that long ago. And, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, I mean it was what it was. I I had to um I had to do something professional there, mm. and <laughs> so I'm riding through Chapel Hill, right? And this this is the state. Of liberal cucks, man. This is the yes. state of liberal cucks. I see a dude. I see a dude on a bicycle. <laughs> right? He's on a bicycle. Now he 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 looks like he consumes a copious amount of soy. Okay. <laughs> he's got a pink helmet on. <laughs> and he's wearing a mask. Out of bite. Yes. He's okay. He's and and I will say that this man he he had a, a pretty luxurious mane. He was quite her suit, right? He he you know, but he was clean shaven. And how do I know this? Because I was at Fucking. I was I yes, he was he was shaven. I was at a stoplight. Do rolls up because it's kind of a warm day, man. It, you know, North Carolina, we got that bipolar weather where it's like warm one day and 19 degrees the next. And dude, dude has got a pink helmet on, a mask, and he is clean shaven. And I'm like, I just look look at this guy in in amazement. Like, what fucking planet did you come from, dude? Like, what? <laughs> 
what fucking planet? I mean, and you know, I'm driving by him, big ass diesel truck, you know, and I lay on it as soon as I pass him. So he got a good little bit of, uh, I, well, we'll just say I used up my carbon credits for the day. Um, <laughs> smoking him out. He definitely going to uh, change the mask after that one. Yeah, man. Uh, put some hair on them arms, man. Girly man. Bro, he needs some testosterone therapy. Are you something. a girly man? Are you a girly man? <laughs> We're going to pump you up. But I mean, seriously, man. Wears a mask. But first of all, he had a pink helmet. Like, let's just kind of sidestep that. But he's wearing a mask while he's on a bicycle, man. Why? Dude. Why? I went into the grocery store today, and I was literally the only honky without a mask on. And this grocery store had, like, a solid, like, I don't know, 150 people in it. I was the only one not wearing a mask. I was looking around. I'm like, what in the fuck is going on around here? Where the fuck am I right now? Well, it's really fun being the only honky in the Walmart. That's a fun experience. Oh, no. <laughs> like they, have, they have, like, the gates at the entrance. <laughs> It's where like you have to wait for like the thing to like like pass you in so you can't like run out real quick the entrance. So you know it's a quality Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> There's rent a cops that like patrol the parking lot. Oh and God. oh dude, I was at I was at a Walmart. So uh <laughs> Scout and dude, Scout and Clay Martin were talking about how the crime rates going through the roof. For the first oh, yeah. time in my life. I saw a robotic <clears throat> fucking security tower, like something you would move into an area in Baghdad. That Don't was have like, the face on oh, it. at Walmart? Oh, yeah, yeah, at yeah. Walmart, it was in the middle of the parking lot, dude. It, yeah. it, it was like an extended tower with solar panels around it. Yeah. It yeah. Was, yeah. It was up in the air, scanning the entire parking They have lot. them at the shitty Walmart in Fayetteville. Ask me right now. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck Skybo. are looking at right now? Actually, well, Skybo is the one Bragg. that has the roving patrol. They both yes, actually have their towers. Well, when I was at Bragg, it was, all, it was on the off-limits list. Because yes. they had soldiers getting stabbed in the parking lot, man. You have these little small-time rappers that be out in the parking lot. They'd be like, man, you want my mixtape, man? You want my mixtape? You go over there, you're like, yeah, yeah, I hear this dude's mixtape. This is what it is. <laughs> he starts playing it, and then he wants money, and then he's like, man, give me $5. You know, and, and you got Joes that, you know, they don't know what the fuck they're getting into. Dude, mm. man. And, and so they, they had a whole bunch of that going on. So at the Skyboard Walmart. Dude, that place is it that place is the epitome of sketchy. Never I ever saw- go there. I, I pulled in and saw the roving security patrol, and I was like, <laughs> "Dude, I bought one of those mixtapes, and I popped it into my CD player, and there was nothing <laughs> on it. <laughs> he didn't even burn anything yeah. onto it. It was just a blank CD. I paid five dollars. <laughs> oh no, no, man! You got to make them play it. You got to make them play it. You're like, hey, <laughs> hey, look, homie." In, in you know in, in your beat up Chrysler 300 with your rims, you gonna play that mixtape. You gonna play that mixtape, and then I'll decide if I want to buy it. Dude, that throws oh. for a loop. They're like, nah, cuz, nah, cuz, that ain't how I roll, cuz. 
Like, no, no, <laughs> That's no, how the no, fuck no, I roll. No, sir. So. You don't understand how I roll. Dude, so. You don't understand how I roll. I had a guy uh, try to sell me stolen jewelry today when I stopped nice. in the gas station. I'm like, I like walking out of, like getting out of my car and this dude just comes up and he's like, hey man, and he hands me a glasses case. And I was like, that's not my fucking glasses case. And he opens it up and he was like, man, I'm trying to get some gas. I'm like, back the fuck away from me right now. <laughs> man, yo dog, I'm trying to get some gas, dog. Uh-uh. No, sir. Speaking of those uh, security towers, the first time I saw one, how I got the name Madman, actually, uh, I was down at Fort Hood in a uh, good old Colleen. And uh, yeah, we, so me and my buddy, we get, out of, too, the sequel. <laughs> we, we get out of the car, <laughs> we get out of my buddy's truck and, you know, we get out and as soon as we get out, I hear this like megaphone, you know, Microsoft lady voice. And I look up, and the okay. fucking tower is talking to me, and I was like, dude, I'm about to mag-dump that fucking thing. That is the scariest dystopian <laughs> shit I've ever seen in my life. And he's like, man, you're a fucking bad man. <laughs> yeah, I don't like those things at all. They got them at the Lowe's and Home Depot. I'm not a fan. How the fuck does someone like me living in the Northeast not know what these fucking things are? Because you live you in the nice part of the Northeast. I'm gonna tell you. Go go to go to Walmart in Newark, and you will see it. Patriot man. The fuck I'm going to the Walmart in Newark. Newark. I thought you my goddamn life. Nah, well you well you obviously don't want to see these towers. <laughs> God, because uh, that's where they're gonna be. I'm just telling you. Oh man, all right. Saying. Maybe I'll maybe I'll make a foray one day with yeah, my. Yeah. I'll throw the with your on. suburban bitch ass bitch. <laughs> Newark, I, honestly, honestly, man, Newark, <laughs> Newark's probably got like three of them in the parking lot. Man, that that Walmart there, like, they probably got barbed wire. And, Fucking bars on the windows and shit. Uh, yeah, that they definitely have there. <laughs> they got the wrought iron barn on the door. <laughs> they got they got concertina wire when you go in. Like fuck, man. It's fucking M wrap with a minigun sitting out front. Oh my god. <laughs> Painted up, it says Brink Security on it, but you're like, man, I ain't never seen a Brink Security truck with a minigun on it. <laughs> and a dude with a helmet and a turret. I ain't never seen that before. Bro, like, seriously though. Whack and seriously, security. Though, I was I was walking across the parking lot and this thing was like drop the desert eagle. You have three <laughs> seconds to comply. And I was like, Are you serious right now? <laughs> it's a Glock 19, dumbass. Off the hook, dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! Oh man! The Walmart. I'm telling you, Walmart's epicenter of greatness. But there's like, there's no reason to go to Walmart right now because they don't have anything. They when don't you have go a fucking Walmart, thing, dude. It's it's empty. It's like they they ain't got nothing. In and. Uh, you know, before before the the great snowstorm of of twenty twenty two, got everything down. Snowcopolis twenty twenty two. Yeah, yeah, man. Um, a whole three inches. Yeah, we got a little That's bit more than that, man. But it, like, That's what she said. Yeah, it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, it, it wasn't. It, it wasn't all that. We we're getting a little bit more right now. Whatever. But um, anyway. Uh Go to Walmart, you know, because obligatory bread milk sandwiches, you know, you just got to get it. And I have this morbid sense of humor where, like, I just like seeing people panic. 
<laughs> and I just stand back and I'm like, that's right. Watching y'all, watching y'all freak the fuck out. Like it's, it's, I just want to see it. And, uh, so I go in there, you know, just to see what's in there. And I'm like, Oh fuck, <laughs> they don't have anything. Like they don't, they don't have potato chips. They ain't got no, they, they ain't got no, no frozen potatoes, man. That, that's like, that's gone. That's a memory. Like you ain't got none of that no more. You ain't got no meat. Like they don't have any meat at all. Yo, I, so I put this out and I'm going to link to it. So if anyone else is, is wants to weigh in, I put up a post, I don't know, a couple of days ago, an RFI uh, asking about what the supply chain issues were in your area. And I thought the, um, you know, it, in terms of meat, we have uh, some beef, we have um, some pork products. Chicken is what is really, uh, when you can find it, it's expensive as fuck. And, but most yeah. of the places, and you'll see the photos that are in the article, they're not, they're just not there. And all the signs said, oh, due to weather down south. When I put the RFI out, I was shocked where every, I mean, it's like nationwide, aside from the Midwest weather, of chicken. They cannot get ain't got chicken. nothing to do with weather. Yeah. Oh, I know yeah, that. I know they're lying. Checking out our area too. Um, my grocery stores seem pretty well stocked. I went to Sam's Club the other day, and I got the only thing I didn't get was steak because I refused to pay fifteen dollars a pound for steak. Uh, but I got chicken, pork, fish. I got everything pretty easy. They had pretty good stock of it. Um, and that's like mid Atlantic area. So. What's that? Said you wouldn't pay over a sea here for that sea sucker. Uh man. Only bird of beef. I like. I just got a big ass roast truck because it was like the same price but way more meat. Well, apparently, there's also been a like a nationwide shortage of cream cheese. Yes. Uh, and um, <laughs> yes, I can. All right, I can, so many I jokes that we made about we went that. To, yeah. We went to get cream cheese and we could not find any. <laughs> Dude, it, it's just no hitting cream. us up here. Somewhere, somebody's got to eat a dry bagel. <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure that's how they pacified. They what they fucking did was they took all of the cream cheese and rerouted it to the northeast because they knew that that might actually be the second coming of the apocalypse if people couldn't have fucking cream cheese on their bagels in the northeast. Yeah, not Listen, just man. people, them. <laughs> if, look. How can you eat your salmon on a bagel without cream cheese? It's so dry. <laughs> oh, look, if you run me out of if you run me out of cream cheese, I'm going to war tomorrow. I'm not, like, I'm not even oh, fucking man. kidding. Sorry, hey, man. we got plenty up here. Although I, I hey, just we, we don't need boar's head Swiss cheese around here. How <laughs> you know? It's got that awesome uh, Swiss Alps writing on it. It's, it's a specific font. I really like whipped yeah. cream cheese. I think it's, oh, awesome. it's delicious. It's easier to spread. One time I mm. tried to spread it. whip my own cream cheese. <laughs> oh, and... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with this, dude. Yeah. I know exactly where I you're know. going with it. Uh, yep. <laughs> So anyway, this one time I was creaming my whipped cheese, and anyway, <laughs> did you make it extra salty? Oh man! 
Well, fuck. <laughs> oh, God. So while we're on the comedy topic, let's talk about this Let's Go Brandon presser master. Holy uh, fuck. Brandon, that was the title of the show. I just couldn't help myself. I don't know if, if y'all saw this press conference that uh, Brandon gave, but goodness gracious. I don't – honestly, I don't think I've ever seen – in my lifetime, I have ever seen a more entertaining, uh, unironically, a, a not not intending to be entertaining, mind you. This shit was pure gold, man. You, if you ain't seen it, and you know, oh, I, you know, I couldn't watch it. I don't like him. No, that's exactly why you should fucking watch it. You need to go see. If you ain't seen this press conference that Biden held. Mo Brandon's done held. You need to go watch it. I'm just telling you right now, it's gold. I have, I, I, I don't even know. Like when I got done with it, I didn't watch the whole thing. I was, I was going in and out snippets of it, and I was just like, I don't know what the fuck I just watched. <laughs> so I was like, yeah. it was I'm not great. Kidding when I say this, I, that I watched a clip of it. And I really, I've had two family members that have had dementia. And I was looking at him and I was like, oh my God, like this guy's actually got dementia. There is yeah. no way. It's, it's not even a, like, a, we're not even joking about it. He actually does. Yeah, dude. It's yeah, exactly yeah. the same. Like, he just like completely got off topic and then paused. And then you could see that he was just confused as to where he was and what he was talking about. I'm like, oh my god, dude! I had would, better. He would smile every time. He would smile. He would like turn and smile at the camera. Like, like I don't know what else to say right now. So just smile at the camera. I've seen heroin junkies do a better job of talking than that guy. I need to watch this. I've not seen it. I need what? to watch. Yeah, dude. This. And I know exactly that that two minute clip you were talking about, and like that is just the. That was like, like it was bad. The whole thing was bad. And then, like, the obvious attempts of being like, well, I can't believe how successful we were in my first year. You're just like, what? What fucking cocktail of drugs are you and your staff on to try to, try to pull that out of your ass? Oh, did you see the, uh, Mr. Mr. Ozen, did you see on Twitter one of his cabinet members or so, uh, somebody's attached to him? They put like 20 posts of like successes of the first. 365 mm -hmm. days of the Biden administration. Yep. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, I was one like, of one oh of them was my, my favorite. God. Was it was it was a chart of all? I think it was his chief of staff. Uh, at least the, one of the posts was his chief of staff. They did a bar a bar graph of jobs, of like <laughs> jobs out of the economy, and like everyone has bars going up. Trump's just like twelve minute, twelve million negative, and then Biden's is like nine million up. And it's like, all right, so we're going to just gloss over the fact that obviously three million jobs still haven't come back yet. We're, we're going to go over that part of the of, of the of the chart, but it's like maybe something happened, just maybe something happened in his last term that may have caused all these people. And he's like, oh, we created nine million jobs. It's like, no, you didn't, you dumb fuck. Nine million people just got their jobs back because it was like it was such an obvious. Even people were like, homie. I'm a Biden supporter, but come the fuck on. Like this is this is shit propaganda right here. It was it was unfathomable to me that like they're really 
trying to pass this off like that. Like they really it, it, between his statements he made when he wasn't looking at the clouds and and the stuff that they put out to either clarify what he said because he was looking at the clouds or what his staff was doing as data support and tweeting or posting, I was like, y'all need to hire new PR people because this is really bad. Hey, I really fucking bad. I have a thought on this. So, I mean, I got a lot of thoughts on things. So let's ignore the cream cheese jokes earlier. We know. And, and focus on the facts. <laughs> God damn, let's take you a cream cheese. You can't let it go. <laughs> you can't let it go. So, true story, though. Do you guys pay attention at the um, local big box stores? Oh, I think I got cut off. Um, so if you pay attention at the local big box. No, we can hear you. You're still there. We can hear you. So I am seeing like new faces at the local big box stores. But not only am I seeing like new faces of people working there, but I'm seeing people that weigh like 300 pounds consistently. And it's almost like they told them to go back to work. Like, and they were like, no. No more like you sitting on your ass all day long pretending you have like back pain or sciatica in your foot or whatever. Like you, you know, you need to you need to go back to work. And I don't care if you stand around at Home Depot and tell everybody that you, you know fire extinguishers are in aisle ten all day long. Like you, you know, you're gonna you're gonna be at Home Depot and Lowe's and Walmart. And like people look really, really unhappy and unhealthy because they've never worked a day in their life. But uh, you know, Biden says he's putting people back to work, and I'm seeing people at these certain jobs that I don't think have ever worked a day in their lives. And it's like suddenly they're just like coming out of their like little caves and suddenly have like the lowest paid, lowest skilled job on earth. That's yeah, it. that's the whole thing. No, that and it's and that's there's very much some truth to that, and um, that's the other part of it. It's like I was I'm laughing because okay, yeah, they have this obviously skewed chart, but it's like, but the jobs that also that are coming back are like exactly what you're talking about. You're like, uh, well, this isn't this isn't what we lost. We lost some good shit, and then it's coming back with this shitty job. And some of these people, it's because, yeah, the, the, the money pipeline was cut off from the government. And now they're like, oh, shit, we actually have to work. Wow, this is fucking nuts. And they're being thrown into these jobs. And these jobs are so desperate that they're like, um, do you have two? Not, I would say they have two legs, but they can have one leg. Do you have a pulse? Okay, cool. You're hired. I mean, the job market is so open right now that it, it really doesn't matter what if they're a warm body and they can just like kind of think they're hiring them for these jobs. I, 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 I agree with you. And I'm not just talking about like the big box stores either. Like, I mean, I, I went into a um, subway and a, uh, and like Chipotle and ordinarily I don't do this, but some, some days I'm like really busy and I just, I have, uh, I usually a pack lunch, but I also have a fast food addiction and so I went into Chipotle and Subway and and uh, and a couple other places, and I just swing in every now and then just to see like what the tech is, how the food's doing, and 
because it changes based on on the economy and the and the market, and it's a good metric because they're they're working on like not quite razor thin margins, but they're really um, it is very cheap food, and so and and people are addicted to it where they give in like half a mortgage payment to some of these companies <clears throat> every day and uh, every month. I mean, and I was I'm seeing people that are working at these jobs that were ordinarily filled by like HB1 visas or, or I can't remember the exact name of these visas where if you're like, you're an illegal immigrant as last time I checked, this was a couple of years ago, but if you were an illegal immigrant, you could stay in Maryland and you weren't necessarily going to get pushed through for your, um, like a full-blooded citizenship and everything. Like you were still a criminal, but we weren't going to like dedicate any resources or money towards like kicking you out. And as long as you were a half decent person, you can work here and make some money. But the, 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 like uh, the understanding and the unwritten rule is you're going to eventually go back home. And I've worked with several guys that were like, yeah, man, I've been working construction in Maryland for like, you know, four five, six years. And my brothers and I are all over like Texas, Florida, California, a couple other places. And we actually bought a uh, bunch of land in Mexico and we planted some coffee beans trees. I think they're trees. I can't remember. And, uh, or cocoa or both. And he's like, yeah, I'm leaving soon anyway, because I'm going to be a king when I go back to Mexico. And like, I really, you know, I just love America and I, and I love you guys, but Mexico is my home, man. I'm, I'm going back home. And, and he's like, and you know, don't worry about it. Like all 20 of my illegal immigrant family are, go, are coming with me. Like we're here helping each other. And they would show up at the job site and like every, every day uh, for breakfast and lunch, they would cook like, beans and rice and eggs and make these breakfast burritos and stuff. It's good food. And um, it was, it, it was nice to see how they would work together. And they actually like had a community that you don't see much in America, depending on where you are. And I don't know, man, it, it's funny. And, and I was seeing like for the first time in a long time, white dudes and black dudes from Baltimore, from Baltimore, I could tell by their accent and, and the way they were dressed and the way they carried themselves and their body language, that they were actually Baltimore people. And they, they, they were Baltimore residents and, and grew up in the area. And it was not somebody from like India, China, Mexico, that was just like working some fast food job or some customer service job. I don't know, just, just one man's opinion. And this has been going on for like the last two or three years. Hmm. Now, there's something to it, man. It's definitely something to it. I mean, the the economics of the situation, you know. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it maybe um maybe there was some maybe there's maybe they changed the standard on paperwork. Uh, I, you'd have to talk to the managerial class for that. I'm, I'm kind of an entry level dude, but they would know. I do know that one of the trucking problems that we're seeing, and you don't see this written in any articles, it's, it's, um, usually just the sky's falling or, um, everything's okay for most 
articles, depending on Everything your source. Awesome. And but the, <laughs> the Department of Transportation st- uh, changed their standards yeah. for driver's licenses, and yeah. that's why there's a trucker shortage. So, like, what's going on with that? I'm not sure, but maybe in a couple of months, like, this would all resolve itself because there is currently a shortage of truckers. Like, that's the biggest problem. And I posted an article today, uh, actually just a couple of hours ago, about, like, how truckers have been used to straight up overthrow entire country and to really rewrite the political landscape that's true um, man that that's why richard trumka was such a big deal you know and i mean now that he's passed on but the, yes. the posters were so huge i mean they still are man they they like that and we were when i was talking to diana Floss earlier today she was kind of uh we got into that a little bit talking about uh, the the labor unions and and the, the real shift towards communism and, and we we went a little bit into that, but um you know the, the and she brought up specifically uh, Teamsters Local Twenty Five and um you know that that's kind of the the epicenter of the Teamsters power you know and that's that's a big thing man so you're exactly right about that uh so Trumka also and I'm not. I'm not entirely familiar with like, like there's what's on the internet and then, you know, there's God knows what happened at the election. I know where I voted. Everyone had a BLM like armband on their shoulder and I didn't feel comfortable with my vote for the election. Your, your voting didn't get counted. Let's no, it didn't. All. No, 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 no. Okay. Look, <laughs> I agree. I agree. So I agree. I fully agree. My vote in my area, I don't think was counted correctly. Um, especially at the precinct I went to, which was my college, which called me a neo-Nazi racist for four years straight and red flag. <laughs> However, let's uh, bygones or bygones passes in the past. Let's move on. So Trumka actually was one of the first public fi- figures to claim that the election was in fact foul. He was one of the first guys to call foul in the election. However, oh, Scott, yeah, yeah, uh, my friend, what is the uh, foundation of a color revolution? Which one? There's a few. That's true. Um, uh, a contested election is one of the major, right? Like, yeah, yeah, that, that's the contested election is a big one, and. Um, you know, as Mags is pointing out in the comments section, uh, and now Trumpka is dead. Yeah, he is. He died right after that. And you notice, I mean, Richard Trumpka in the late 90s was a huge deal, man. This dude was in the news all the time. Uh, national news. He was in local news coming out of Virginia because me, I mean, I mean, you know, that, that far northern North Carolina where we get Virginia news, too. And, and back when um, uh, we had, you know, over the air TV a lot because, uh, you know, I, I grew up kind of on the poor side of things and, and we didn't have cable or satellite or none of that. We just had regular TV. And, um, you know, man, it, Richard Trumka, because Virginia is is a big labor union state. And so uh, Richard Trumka was kind of a big deal every time he would come to town the 
the uh, you know the news stations out of Virginia would talk about him there too. And for this guy to die, I mean, he was uh, Mags pointed out in, in in the comments he's cozy with UAW. It wasn't just UAW; it was United Steelworkers, United Auto Workers, United Steelworkers, and United Rubber Workers. Um, so any of y'all out in Ohio know about, you know, United Rubber Workers and, and that whole history there with Akron, Ohio and everything. Um, and then all of a sudden, you know, he dies. He called it out. You're exactly right, man. He called it out and and was explaining what was going on. And then all of a sudden. Bam. Oh, he died. Richard Trumka dies of a heart attack, right? Like we've seen this story before, man. Like if you've seen Goodfellas, you've seen Casino, you've, you you know what he did. Yeah. Yep. Weird. Weird. And it makes you wonder like, so like, re, like let's all like, you know, take a step back and, and look in and for the last uh, for the Trump administration, you know, the, the other guys, we, we, this is, this is something that's really always kind of bothered me. And, and obviously I'm kind of new to the team and, and you guys don't know me very well, but I, I read my books. And so the contested election has always been one of the grounds that the quote left uses left being the, the common term worldwide that Marxists in particular use to, to, as the motivator for getting their people out in the streets, a contested election. Look it up. It's, it's like one of the, the well, envir- economy, environment, and election, right? It's the three E's. And so the, the election, we set the other guy up for a color revolution. So 2020 didn't really surprise me all that much. I mean, I was really surprised when I took a turn down a street in Denver, Colorado, and there was like 300 Antifa in front of me. And I had like, you were surprised by that. You're not familiar with Denver, man. (laughs) I mean, no, 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 I know Denver. I've been to Denver many times. Um, I I mean, I didn't, well, I was in a, I was on a mountain in, in, in Wyoming for two, for two or three months before I really realized like how bad it was. Cause I didn't have cell phone oh, yeah. service 12 hours a day. Right. And, and I, I'd, I'd sign on and the internet in Wyoming is very different than the internet in Maryland. That's another thing I've noticed. Um, not every state gets the same internet, but, uh, uh, highly modified for whatever reason. And so, um, but now we're the contested election guys. So do you see how we're being set up for that? Like, and I'm very cautious about any and all of this. Like as a guy that was a bouncer and Madman was a bouncer in Baltimore for a long time too. In fact, we were both bouncers and that's actually how we ran into each other again and reconnected. And because I went to a rock show at his bar. And so, and and we, we reconnected many years ago. Um, but I've known then Madman I kicked for his ass years. out. He did, yeah. I was, I was, <laughs> I was drinking. I, was I don't believe it. I don't believe so, it. Yeah, I know. Uh, well, no, no, I was I just as drunk as he was. It's, it's <laughs> um, so the uh, 
the part of the story that's really important is there's there's a lot going on that I uh, like as being a guy from Baltimore. I can I can tell when somebody's trying to draw me into a fight, whether it's like an intellectual fight or a physical fight. And I see a lot of the same markers in the rhetoric on Twitter and Facebook and Drudge and Revolver and 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 really actually the only guys that aren't I think trying to pick a fight are like Zero Hedge and and guys like Clay yeah. Martin that are just kind of like like sitting on glass. Clay Clay will know what I'm talking about if if he's listening. And Scout, you know what I'm talking about. Like when you're sitting on glass, you're sitting behind like binoculars or thermals or a sniper scope, or you're behind like a machine gun with a really good optic on it, or your M4 with your ACOG on it. And you're just kind of watching from slightly far away. And you're just observing like the, the first two hours I was in Iraq, the first two hours of my first patrol ever in Iraq. I watched the Iraqi army and the Iraqi national police get into a 45 minute gunfight through a yeah. uh, M145 optic on a 249 saw. The M go. And that's all they did. Like they, and then when we went in after they stopped shooting and we were told to go in and start talking like we were getting yelled at by West Pointers on the radio to go in there and ask people why they were shooting at each other and why they thought they were allowed to shoot at each other. And these dudes, when we were talking to them, it was as if they had just played a game of basketball or, or street soccer or something or street hockey, but it was nothing for them to just start blasting thousands of bullets at each other. I couldn't believe what I had seen. This fucking gunfight sounded like your local shooting range on a Saturday afternoon. It was fucking unbelievable. And nobody got hurt, obviously, because they can't shoot for shit. But, um, or at least there were no bodies that we knew about. I mean, I'm sure somebody got killed, and that's why the gunfight started. But nobody got clipped during the actual gunfight, as far as our ISR could tell, and as far as the dudes on the ground. Well, they were Iraqis, so, you know. They're well known for their gold medal Olympic <clears throat> shooters. Yes. Yes. Well, I'm still alive because of their inability to shoot. So ironically, <laughs> probably a lot of truth to that. But, but um, so I want to I want to revisit real quick because we got just a few minutes left on the clock, man. I want to revisit real quick uh, something that you said that that's very very significant, and I think that it would be a real good note to go out on is this idea of. Uh, the left internationally, the left and, and how color revolution start with uh, a contested election. So we got the midterm coming up, right? So imagine if you will, this is something I talked about kind of alluded to with Clay Martin. And I talked about it a little bit more in another interview that I did today with somebody that is top secret. It's going to be going up uh, a zero hedge contributor. And uh, somebody who writes for a few other blogs out there, got an interview with him earlier today. I'm real excited. We'll be getting that up. That's going to be going up tomorrow, so be on the lookout for it. Put your bolo out. But anyway, point is, 
is that one of the key things that Brandon was talking about in his speech yesterday, he was trying to get it out, but he, he kind of couldn't, but he, he, he fucked it all up because, you know, he that's just his style, right? But this is what he did. So this has kind of been my position all along. They got the, the uh, John Lewis Voting Rights Act, right? If you stand against it, obviously you're all the bad things and whatever. And, um, you know, and, and, and really what that what it is, is to federalize all elections all the way down to the local most level. That is exactly what this is. It's not a voting rights act at all. If you actually read what's in there, that, that ain't it ain't got nothing to do with any of that. But he he spilled the beans and he gave away their strategy inadvertently when he's standing up there and he said with a big old grin on his face, he goes, well, we know that they are going to try and keep minorities from voting in 2022. And I knew right then I said, there it is. There it is. That was it. The whole strategy, and I've been calling this for a while now, but the whole strategy is, is that, they want to make it so that there is a grievance going into the midterm elections because they know that that they might even sit back and let things just go, you know, just let it go and let's see where it goes. Right. Because we don't we don't want the guys who are armed and know what the fuck they're doing to get too disenfranchised. Right. We don't want that to happen. And so they're, they're going to allow this election with minimal interference. Maybe, maybe just maybe. Right. Maybe not. We, we don't know, but we'll see. We'll definitely see. But he just spilled the beans. That's the next card that they're going to play. And leading up to the midterms, they're going to have riots. They're going to have all sorts of crazy stuff, pissed off people going everywhere, disinformation, all this stuff, probably a war in Europe. Right. All of this stuff that is going on, supply chain, all this crap. And that's the narrative that they're going Question. to go ahead. Is Dan Crenshaw up for re-election this year? Like, could he get pushed out this year? Yeah, he's a representative. I, 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 yeah, he's, he's, he's a representative. They're up every two years. Yep. Right. Yeah. Right. So, I didn't know if they like did something different in Texas. You, you know those Texans. So, okay, interesting. <laughs> yeah. That explains why he pretends to get attacked all the time. Yeah, I think he is a bad PR guy. Maybe he hired the wrong. Um, Maybe hired the wrong. Klaus Schwab, uh, man. Yeah, cyber cyber relations company. That was from 2004. Yeah. Look, man, Navy SEALs, they're infiltrators. You know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, you know, question a Navy SEAL. Like their job is to sneak in and sneak out. Like, and and you don't know why they were there or what they were doing there. But like, man, Crenshaw needs to fucking shift fire on his rhetoric because he's gonna get, he's gonna get out and. And then if I have to listen to Crenshaw on Twitter for the next two years, bitch, about how he, you know, oh, the election's rigged. And it's going to be like, hey, Crenshaw, where were you before the election, dude? Like, you know, you're done. Yeah. Take a seat. As Panama is pointing out in the comments, man, Crenshaw, number one, he, he's a Harvard man. Number two, uh, just start calling him Captain Jack. Yeah, I, I like calling him Captain Jack a lot better. I think it's hilarious. Uh, <laughs> You know, I mean, <laughs> hey, hey, Captain Jack, meet me down by the railroad track. But no, I mean, it's all serious. Just so, I mean, this dude, we outed him. 
He's a Klaus Schwab guy. We outed him. Other outlets have outed him. I mean, he is what it is. It, it's is he's phony opposition. He's a Klaus Schwab guy. Him, Tulsi Gabbard. Um, you know, they're hanging out with Rothschild Jr. or third or whatever the fuck he is, right? Cloud, you know, all, all of these people, the the young economic leaders conference, right? Which is all part of the World Economic Forum. It's out there. It's out there. Okay. If you look this stuff up, they're then they're not even trying to hide it, man. They don't even try to hide it. So I mean, yeah, you know, he's all right, all right, man. He's a seal. That's 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 cool and everything. But what else has he done? You know, it's it's like um, my old detachment commander used to tell us. I tell this story in class a lot. All right, you're already a good trigger puller. What else can you do? You're a good trigger puller. That's why you're here. What else can you do? Right. So I, I look at it like, all right, man. You know, you you served your country in an elite capacity. You know, you you went beyond. All right, that's fine. That doesn't qualify you for office, though. What else have you done? And you start looking at what else this dude has done with his life, and now all of a sudden you got more questions than you have answers. And I really don't care how many airplanes he jumps out of, or how many times he posts up with his boys from from uh, Black Rifle Coffee Company, and you know Evan Haffer and, and American Contingency and all that. Yeah, I said it. Um, you know that's all Black Rifle Coffee Company smokescreen out there. I'm sorry, it is what it is. Hello? Yo. Hey, you think he parties with uh, Rachel Levine? Probably. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. It, that's an okay. interesting kind of culture spelled with three T's. Ask him about it. He might know. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, anyway, Ooh. we got one minute left. One minute. Uh, so, from the top, Patriot Man, any last words? Everyone be safe, eat your veggies, and lift lots of weights. Yeah, there you go. Madman. Uh, be smart. Don't read too much into certain uh, shit and look at the source. There you go. Johnny Piachupa. Madman. I'm going with Madman's answer. Check your sources. There you go. Magmatic. Check sources and uh, got classes coming up. Sign up. You got a class coming up soon. Next weekend. Right on. Well, anyway, guys, it has been a huge honor to be back with you back on the air. And of course, I'm going to be back on the air with all of these guys again next thursday it has been a hell of a lot of fun kicking in the door and it is closing time last call finish your shots go out and tip your bartender god bless brushbeater.org slash training calendar this is nc scout out